0: Hello, friend. My name is Danny Mackey. I do social media for Victory Life Church at our Durant campus, and I'm involved in different organizations here as well, here in Durant. I am married to Aaron with two boys, Ian and Jake. I am outnumbered in my household. Some days are difficult in that aspect, but I've learned to be grateful regardless of the issue issues that arise in a boy-heavy household. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, training your soul for gratitude. I'm going to start in Exodus 15, 22 through 24. Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea, and they moved out into the desert of Shur. They traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water. Then they came to the oasis of Merah. The water was too bitter to drink, that's why the name Mary is actually uh, called bitter, by the way. Um, so they called the place Mara, which means bitter. Then the Peter, then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. So three days after they, after God had delivered them from Egypt, they were complaining already. And we like to kind of fault them for that and say. Oh, you know how how are they complaining they just got delivered from slavery um and the thing is is that we do the same thing uh so that's that's kind of where I want to to end that for just a minute but at the beginning of this pandemic uh when we well when we realized that it was happening I found myself very confident I saw people buying up toilet paper and wondered, what are we doing here? (laughs) I even had a live video telling people that God will provide. If he gave us a reason to need toilet paper, he would provide the means to cleaning ourselves, right? (laughs) Again, I felt very confident in that. I knew God would provide what we needed, and he did and still does. But then other things started getting taken away. Uh, The way I did church services meeting friends for coffee or lunch or both in the same day, playdates, kids going to visit their grandparents, me visiting anyone I wanted to. Then I realized what was really being taken away from me, and it was my comfort and my preferences. I was not operating in thankfulness, so I was grumpy. I almost felt like my friends were being taken away from me. And it didn't help that my youngest is very much like me, an extrovert and loves being with his friends, being able to give them hugs and see their facial expressions as they're talking. So he was really down. He even became a little lethargic and so did I. I felt like the rug had been ripped out from underneath me as far as friends go. I just wanted to be with my friends. And I kept saying how terrible all this was, and it is. But that's what I was rehearsing in my soul. I was rehearsing discontent. I was I was training my soul for anger, sadness, and even resentment, not for gratitude. I had been down this road before, and Holy Spirit stopped me before I got too far. So there's this um, there's a Broadway cast of The Prince of Egypt now, and while it's not completely biblically correct, I still like the movie and especially the music. So naturally, now I I do want to. To say I was a musical theater major, I have a degree in musical theater, so this stuff excites me. Uh, so just bear with me when I talk about musical theater. So naturally, I went ahead and listened to the Broadway cast album, and and I'm still listening to it. But it got me started uh, studying Exodus, and I've gotten through Deuteronomy so far. Might as well keep going, right? So Holy Spirit asked me one day, do you think the Israelites would have stayed in the wilderness as long as they would as long as they did, if they would have been practicing gratitude even in slavery. And one thing to note, he didn't ask me if they needed to be thankful for slavery, but in it, during it. Uh, because 1 Thessalonians 5:18 says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. And as hard as it would be to be thankful in slavery. Uh, would their outcome have been different? Would the wilderness have been less stressful on the Israelites? Um, that's something that I, I keep wondering. I, I do believe that their their time in the wilderness um, might not have been as long or as stressful. And uh, Pastor Jacob, sheriff, maybe about uh, six years ago, uh, he, talked, he was talking about this same thing uh, as far as Israel getting out of Egypt. And he has said, God brought Israel out of Egypt, but Egypt didn't come out of Israel. They had rehearsed slavery in their hearts. They were no longer slaves of Egypt, but they were slaves to their ungratefulness in their hearts. And I, I think that we've all been there. Um, and it makes, whenever we do come out of something, it doesn't taste as sweet as it would have if we had kept our hearts in a posture of thankfulness. So, um, and I'll just give an example of myself and just being a little transparent here, and hopefully my husband won't be too upset me <laughs> sharing this, but I had been dating my husband for only like a, maybe a year and a half. I knew I wanted to marry him pretty soon after we started dating. So I assumed he felt the same way and would want to ask me to marry him pretty quick. So to me, I was waiting a long time. To me, I was waiting a long time. I had already been in a five-year relationship before, and so had he, and I didn't want that again. So I came to a point of such ungratefulness that I decided to just break up with him And because he was just taking too long to ask me to marry him. In my mind, he just didn't want to marry me, or he would have already asked me. So, and how, how many times do we do that to God? Like, if God really wanted to deliver me from this circumstance, he would have already done it. You know, we we tend to give up on God pretty quick instead of letting him walk us through the trial. Uh, but I'll continue my story. So, one night I came home from rehearsal for a show <clears throat> I was doing with a hard plan of breaking up with him. And whenever I got to the house, he said, let's go, for, uh, let's go get strawberry shakes. And I was like... Okay, <laughs> so we did. Uh, and then we went to the park to, do you drink or eat shakes? Uh, it's the, you can eat it with a spoon, drink it with a, spa- a straw. I don't know which one, but anyway. <laughs> um, so we we went to the park to to have our strawberry shakes and talk. And I figured that was a good time to actually uh, break up with him. I rip off that Band-Aid and just break up with him. <laughs> It turned out that was his way of proposing to me that night. Uh, he saw what I was doing and he knew why, so he proposed before I could get my words out and felt like, and I just felt like the biggest jerk in the world. Um, it was so funny. He proposed on the night that I was breaking up with him because he wasn't proposing fast enough. <laughs> and you know, these ladies in here are laughing right now, and that's okay. You can laugh. <laughs> I laugh about this story, but hindsight, I realized that. My ungratefulness and being impatient had stolen such an important moment of his life and even my own. Definitely wouldn't want to catch that on Instagram. Um, Instagram hadn't even been created yet, so I guess I could be thankful for that. Nevertheless, we got married and had a rough first few years and are happily married and still growing together. But man, that moment was such such an important moment in both of our lives. And my ungratefulness and my impatience kind of stole that moment from us. Even though it's a fun kind of a fun story to tell still. Um you know, I hope that story kind of helps you see what ungratefulness and impatience can do. It can rob you of such a sweet moment. And um so all of this <clears throat> uh you know, have you have your kids ever complained that they weren't getting what they wanted? And once they got it from you they they just kept asking you and asking, and you're like, fine, here, (laughs) I'll give it to you, and the moment wasn't as sweet, but you know, there comes a point where your kids, uh, what I love doing with my kids, they'll ask, and they'll ask, and they'll ask, and they'll complain, and they'll complain, complain, and then eventually, they'll realize they're not going to get their way doing that, and so they stop doing that, but I know that they still want that, I know their hearts, and just like God knows with us, so eventually I do give them what they were wanting um, when they stop complaining, and it makes that moment so much sweeter for them and for me. Um, now, how how does this all go with training your soul for gratitude? How do we even train our souls for gratitude? Well, it takes practice. Uh, that's what training is—is is practice, repetitive actions. I like to call it rehearsal because I have a degree in theater, but a lot of people like the word practice. Um, uh, when I was a kid, uh, I had a minor form of scoliosis, and I was very pigeon-toed. When you're pigeon-toed, it's more likely that you trip. And when I was diagnosed with scoliosis, they didn't put me in a brace or anything. It was—it was just minor. But they say simply. Uh, suggested that I go into ballet and I was probably about six or seven at that point point. and um to to train my muscles to help with my posture uh, because whenever you do something repetitive with your muscles there's a muscle memory unfortunately I didn't get to stay in very long because we moved so when I got to college my dance teacher immediately saw how pigeon-toed I was And she helped me train my entire body to walk in alignment, walking heel to toe correctly. She even taught me how to walk in heels. I was even able to dance in heels. And and it took a repetitive uh, action, a repetitive action um, to train my muscles for what they needed. Um, There's a thing, uh, there's some studies about brain plasticity. Plasticity, also known as neuroplasticity, which is a term that refers to the brain's ability to change and adapt as a result of experience. What happens to us, or what we could do, ch- uh, could change our brain. Which I believe is true because we can train our minds. We renew our minds. That's what. That's just science leading, uh, lining up with the word, because uh, we can renew our minds by hearing and hearing the word of God, and complaining. I want to take you to Ephesians 429, if I can even remember uh, what that says, Uh, let me get to it real quick, because I didn't write that down, that's something that just came to my mind, Uh, Ephesians 429, it's something that my mother always made me recite, And it says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. In some some translations that it's uh, edifying to the hearer. And even if you're by yourself, there is a hearer whenever you're speaking words. Um, If you're speaking the word, you're hearing it. If you're complaining, you're hearing it. And that's what gets in your heart. And, and here's the thing, I'm not saying all this, uh, judging other people, the Lord's been working on me through this, uh, especially through this pandemic. He says, don't you want whenever this is done to have that much sweeter, uh, experience coming back? Uh, and I was like, yeah, I do. So that, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm very, um, you know, when we talk about mental illness, uh, even there's, there's, usually some type of trauma that changed how the brain works. And that's why I'm so adamant about saying that coming out of depression is more often than not a process. It's rehearsing something, practicing something, training your your mind, your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Um, rehearsing something other than what depression is telling you to do, or in this in depression's case, what not to do, because it usually tells you not to do a lot of things. Um, but at the end of the day, or the end of the pandemic, because it will end, do we want our souls to have rehearsed ungratefulness? Uh, do we want to have complained for weeks or months and expect that our souls are going to be okay once this is all over? Do we want to ha- have to work on that after all this or do we want to have that sweet moment of knowing that we rehearse gratefulness through the midst of chaos and simply enjoy what God has for us on the other side of this what are we picking up and what are we laying down in the midst of this pandemic and really this goes for any situation uh, that you're in it's not just the pandemic but that's what people people's minds are on right now are we picking up complaining? Uh, Are we picking up suspicions of bad things in government? I can guarantee you'll find things wrong with the government, just as you'll find things wrong with me if you're looking for it. Um, I just want to encourage you today that if you're realizing that you haven't been training yourself for gratitude, it's not too late. Even if the pandemic's over and you realize you haven't been doing that, um, it's not too late. It's simple, but it's not easy. God makes things so simple that we have a hard time accepting it because we believe that we must strive for his love, and we don't. We already have it. We already have his love. He felt, He's already offered it. Don't train your soul for gratitude to gain God's love, but to be able to accept it. He's He's freely given you himself embrace him. You don't have to fully understand him, but you do need to embrace him. He's looking out for you, and he he loves you. So uh, I, you know, even talking about Israel coming out of Egypt, and three days after they had seen all these miracles uh, uh, of deliverance, they were already complaining. So we, we like to say that when we're delivered, we'll be okay. And that's what they were saying to themselves as well. And, um, and sometimes we think, does God even want to deliver us from this? Well, God moved the heavens and the earth for Israel to get out of Egypt. He'll move the heavens and the earth for you. He moved the heavens and the earth to create you. So, rehearse. Practice whatever the word you use, train your soul for gratitude so that you can see God's love wherever you go instead of seeing, um, you know, we can see the issues, the problems in our peripheral view, but let's look at God for the whole thing. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. We gather for our monthly worship gathering open to any woman who has interest the second Tuesday of every month at the Monterey in the Arts District of Durant, Oklahoma.